We don't have a theme song. <laughs> well, so. I guess that's going to be the theme song for now until we... Actually, no. We're going to do a different one every week, every episode, you know, like like the buddy Dave Portnoy travels every pizza place. We'll have a new sound. Next time I'll actually plug it in. This is actually an electric guitar that's not plugged in, but who cares? I'm just kind of playing along. We're just going along with it right now. We're here to talk. All right, for those of you who are new to this, this is Stairway to Yevon. Stairway to Yevon. Everything is completely new. New episode, new logo. New everything. And, you know, everything's kind of like a work in progress, just like we are. Just how the world is right now, right? Yeah, little by little, you know, you, you want to learn something new every now and then, you know, try some cooking lessons or play a new instrument or try a new sport. You got the time, man. You got the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what are we going to talk about today? So uh, you know who doesn't need to new learn a new sport? Would that be your good friend, uh, Derek Oswald Jita? You're very funny, by the way. We're coming up with <laughs> fake middle names. His middle name is Sanderson, by the way. Yes, Derek Sanderson Jeter. Recently just got inducted into the Hall of Fame a couple days ago, which is... Obviously, should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, that's a no-brainer with it, with with his stats and with his Capitan kind of uh, stature. Well, why wouldn't he get into it on the first ballot? I don't know. Why don't you ask that one writer that didn't vote him in? What's that guy doing now? Scratching his ass with a pencil? Eh, who knows? Maybe he has something up his ass for all I know. So, well, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. You were talking about that, so I'm like, because think of it this way. Think of if you were the baseball writer and. How can you possibly not vote for this guy in? What is the one thing he didn't do wrong? What, did he did he not play up to your expectations? I mean, he lived up to everyone's expectations. Maybe he was a little jealous. Maybe because that guy never could make it to the majors. And that way he just decided to write because he couldn't throw a ball. Can you believe it or not? There's been only one player in the Hall of Fame that came in as unanimous. And I think it's a pretty pretty obvious choice of who was that obvious Unanimous Hall of Famer. Who? Mariano Rivera. Oh! Greatest closer of all time. 655 saves. Enter Sandman. You know, made Metallica a lot popular again. I I think he actually made Metallica's career. They really weren't doing too well until they started using that song for him. And then Metallica's career kind of blossomed. Oh, of course. Well, I'm I'm joking, of course. That's a big joke. And that's why I have you. Because you and your sarcastic humor, Mr. Chandler Bing, over there much... Life is sarcasm. You need it's it's a language that I guess we speak fluently in this house. Okay, well they got extra popular because of Enter Sandman, pretty much. Well, they got a couple of extra downloads, maybe. Maybe you got made a couple of extra pinstripe fans they didn't have before. You know, it's funny when people when uh, athletes listen to Enter Sandman when they're at Yankee Stadium, and then you can see that that dark walk as he head towards the mound. You know that this game is over. You know it's over. Uh, not like uh, the guys they have now. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get there in one second right now. Right now, can we at least talk about the joy that is the Derek of the Sanderson Jeter? Because so far that has been the only highlight of this Yankee season right now. I th- I think a, another highlight of the of the Jeter ceremony is actually the um, and I never usually say this the national anthem played by Bernie Mister Williams. Bernie Williams, yes, Derek Jeter's teammate from 1996 to 2006. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. he was part of the 
well, four World Series titles. Bernie, you think, would fit in right with his family because he's a he loves baseball, obviously. He was a great, a great player, but also a musician beyond compare. And he's also Puerto Rican, right? Well, he has to have as a Jewish grandmother, and he'd actually be one of us. Pretty much, yeah. yeah Bernie Williams, I, you can name so many players from that 96, 98, 99, and 2000 team. And uh, Derek Jeter was the quintessential part of that of that dynasty back in the late 90s because even when he was a rookie back in 96, players were actually looking up to him. They can actually get that captain status like as soon as he stepped on the field for once. Sure, so people just have that natural charisma and was able to bring the team together and kind of go through the hard times because they all were good years for them. No, of course not. The early 90s weren't that great. It was when everything started coming together in 96. Like I said, he won Rookie of the Year. They won their first World Series title in 18 years. And mm-hmm. it was the beginning of something great. Joe Torre became a fan favorite all of a sudden. And uh, he really turned his team around. And uh, he never had like the didn't have the best arm or the best bat, but he contributed to it. Now, do you find it odd that with his, his whole career being a Yankee, that in his post-Yankee world, he actually went on to buy another team war. How come you don't think he ever would have aspired to be like to move like into GM in Yankeeville as opposed to move to another team? I never really understood that. Maybe, maybe one of the reasons is that he maybe he obviously he's going to be known as the Yankee lifer for life. Maybe he wanted to pursue something different. Maybe he wanted to go to a different team. Or maybe he wanted to take a struggling franchise like the Miami Marlins and hopefully turn it into something special. Do you think the Steinbrenners had too much control and he figured he wouldn't be able to make a big difference? So oh, that's absolutely. why he kind of like bailed? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's all it's definitely going to be the Steinbrenners. No one knows how long it's going to be until they actually don't have control anymore because it was George, then they gave it to Hal and... Uh, Hal is not doing so much of a great job right now. That's a conversation for probably 30 seconds from now. But <laughs> Well, we, we can bookend this whole thing with Yankees. I don't know how you want to, how you want to like kind of keep talking about things. but uh... Well, we're talking about Jeter and uh, the comments that people saying like how he's overrated is just like they're probably jealous that they never had a, a player like this on their team and all that other stuff. Sure, I could see that. And, you know, it's, it's very hard to find that kind of natural catalyst that's going to propel you know, like the Mets could use someone like that. I think I think when they got uh, David Wright, that that's what they were looking for. David Wright was that guy. Until he was David wrong. And then he became very wrong by getting injured so many times. They think that core of Jose Reyes and uh, David Wright were going to be that platoon that would help the, the Mets become a big thing. The closest they had to a title was, I don't think you remember this, 2006 was it when they had David Wright, Jose Reyes, and uh, Carlos mm. Beltran took a nasty curveball for strike three in the National League Championship Series. I know I'm probably talking Spanish to you, but... You are, but when I'm... See, speaking of Spanish, I thought that with the Yankees, with Jeter gone, I thought the next logical choice would have been like Cano. 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 Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano. I thought Robinson Cano would, would definitely kind of like fit some sort of like... A, he had that vibe as well. You're trying to break my heart right now? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm using the minimal amount of baseball knowledge I have just to put daggers in your eyes. Don't get me started with Robinson Cano, by the way, the two-time, uh, two-time now, steroid ha- abuser. Well, what happened with him? The thing is, do you think he got under the spell of Jay-Z and, and kind of fell into the trap of making more and more money as opposed to playing for a team that you know, he was already set in? Well, think of it this way. Baseball is its a business now. No one gives a crap about loyalty anymore. Sure. Everyone, you don't hear guys staying with, with one team for the rest of their careers. Like, Derek G is probably like one of the last people that 
that I know that's mm-hmm. stayed with his career for like 20 years. Well, even you know, lots of times when teams win, you know, the, the World Series, they break them up right afterwards. They're almost like it's like a... 86 Mets? That's exactly what I was talking about. And by the way, there's going to be a documentary on the 86 Mets coming up. Once Upon a Time in Queens. I love it. supposed to be on ESPNs. And apparently, I think it's the same producers that did The Last Dance. That's going to be great. I look forward to it. I'm excited about it, too. I remember when the Mets won. I was in Brooklyn on 86th Street, and uh, all the cousines in there... Cars were banging on their horns that when they won. It was almost like it was like D-Day. You know, we actually there was like such a celebration because the Mets were such losers forever, and the fact that they freaking won something it was really it was electric, and it was a, a coming together of of rockers and and Guidos all in one special Brooklyn mix, which never happens. Can I take a time machine? Because I would love to see you honk your horn at the '86 Mets <laughs> <laughs> underneath the L. Yeah, yeah, that's right, very close to where um, Tony Manero was eating two slices of pizza walking down the street. Oh, on uh, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> see? see, I got that. You got that, got man. That. You got yeah. that. See, I know so, my uh, pop culture reference pretty much, but you do. You but, do. But yeah, that uh, that Jeter boy, that Yanks can use a Jeter like player right now right they could but um i i don't know where that is right I, now i <laughs> i'm at a loss for words right now well the thing is we're we're i guess what in the second week of september already so yeah there's not much more season left I, I my thoughts are they're probably gonna get into the postseason though yeah as a wild card team i literally thought they had a chance at the division when they were winning that 13 game winning streak you know all is well everything was going well they had some swagger they were playing good baseball, good fundamental baseball. And all of that just happens to turn into a pile of crap in a matter of 11 games after are that. They, are they like a box of wine and they're the very end of the bladder and just like just dribbling out at the very end? You're trying to get a glass, but it's just like... I mean, it's possible they could be <laughs> they could be doing that. But I told you about this this morning, and I don't want to make excuses for their shite play right now, but... Um, they are obviously playing 162 games, something that they didn't do last season because True. it was a 60-game marathon sprint all the way from the finish from end of July to September. Maybe they need like another year to kind of get. That's very harrowing. It's a lot, you know. When especially you've done 60, now you're doing 160. That's maybe they're not in shape. I mean, that's possible. Almost every player on that team is having a down year offensively. But, but you would imagine every team would be going through the same thing though. Like yeah, no one like had extra training, you know. Well, there's also another reason too. It's not just the the um, the uh, the 62 162 game thing. It's also the uh, the balls not being juiced anymore, and it's kind of like getting to the plant because you don't hear the highest batting average right now is 320. Mm. Now you, now I know we're gonna talk about this. Like 20 years ago, 20 Tony Gwynn in '94 had like a three like 98 like. Batting average, like, batting average is down, home runs up down, everything is down. But I know I don't want to bore you with all this baseball talk. I could talk about this all day. So. You could. You could have your own show and just talk about baseball. But we, I, I, I'd have did, to I did have my own show. It didn't last very long, but you know what? Well, you didn't just talk about baseball. You talked about dating and other crap, right? Well, Things I mean, my first, my first first show before the last one. Oh, so. your first first show. Yes. Well, you know, nobody wants to hear just about that. You know, otherwise, you know, there's, there's so many talking heads just, like, blabbering about just one topic. And, you know... Uh, I, I I think the audience is more varied. I think they're more like us. They want they want a little bit of, you know, they want a little bit of sports. You want a little bit of music. You want a little pop culture. You want a little bit of everything to make the go, the world go around. You know. Speaking of audience, what was how was the audience like at that concert you were at yesterday? Well, let me tell you about this. Um, I want to talk about what live music is like now. Going to a club, uh, the pandemic world. 
So uh, last night I went to go see Ziggy Marley. Now, who people who don't know who Ziggy Marley is, that um, that's Bob Marley's son, who is the the king of reggae. The the you know, as soon as you put it on, you feel like you're on vacation. And the thing is, uh, most of his set list, and I would say about eighty percent, is probably the Bob's catalog. You know, One Love, Three Little Birds, No Woman, No Cry, Jammin', Buffalo Soldier, all of that stuff. Yeah, beautiful, and and they he killed it. I mean. The band was was excellent. He had a couple of backup singers, and it was a scaled down band, but it didn't sound like he was doing covers of his dad's music. It sounded like it was his music, and I loved it. And there were people dancing. The thing is, when I first walked into the gig when it first started, there was basically nobody there, and maybe there was about fifty or sixty people throughout the whole club. And I said to my friend Henry, I said, oh my, oh my God, this seems like one of my gigs. There's like nobody there. But the thing is, this is like a world-class performer. And it was eerily quiet. You know, the place was very empty. And, you know, I'm like saying, wow, this is a great venue. And the Hartford, the Infinity in Hartford is an amazing place to see a band. And I, anyone that's local, I, I recommend you see it because they're, the, the, the level of how close the, the stage is to you is just wonderful. You're, you're right there. But, you know, when, when Ziggy came on, he's like, oh, man, it's like uh, he was like trying to make a joke. He said, we got to make it seem like there's 10,000 people here. So the, the crowd had to work a little harder and scream their heads off. And I did as well, because you the, you want to make, a, a you know, the performer feel like he's not playing to an empty house, even if it was kind of quiet. But the whole thing is, is this where it is now? You know, obviously, you know, there's restrictions probably of how many people could fill a place and. Everyone wore a mask unless they had a beverage. And the thing is, people kept just going out and get their drinks. This way, they didn't have to wear their mask, and they were getting loaded in the process. But it's a good excuse to not wear a mask sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, it, it was kind of weird. I haven't been to a club in a while, to, to be honest. But you know, it was it was really great to get out. It was great to see a wonderful band. But it was like a different kind of vibe in the whole place and it, it remains to be seen where it goes well i think one of the things too is if you ask someone my age they probably never heard of this guy before they probably don't even know who bob marley is that's i don't know if that's true because a lot of the radio stations have like uh, the bob marley moment and it seems like this kind of music is timeless you know it's it's instant vacation it's all these songs are very spiritual, in, in fact, and all about love and not to take life so seriously. But fight for your rights. Don't put up with people's shit. But but they're you know don't sweat the small stuff of life. And it, there's a lot of good messages where people were were singing and screaming and dancing along. And I and I and I like that. I, I think that's the kind of music that should go on. I miss that kind of music. The last <laughs> concert I went to was Dead and Company at City Field in 2017. I mean, with John Mayer. John Mayer was pretty good actually. The Grateful Dead is a whole other thing, though, and that that's that can go on for like three hours, and you don't know where one song ends and the next one begins. And I and I, you know, I through the pandemic, and as you know, I went through this whole trying to find music that I don't know that well. And the Grateful Dead, I I said, you know what, I got to figure out what this is all about. What do people love about this band? You know, and and they're they're they they got a vibe thing going on, and there's some great musicianship, but you've you got to be in that frame of mind to to appreciate. And I, I don't mean to be on LSD, but you there, there's a there's a mellowness to it, and just kind of like 
letting it go in the background and kind of not focusing. It's just like it's on, but... No one's judging you right now, okay? I mean, but no one's judging you right now. What do you mean? I don't know. You were, you were talking about LSD right now. I'm like, eh. Oh, know. no, I don't, I don't do that stuff. But I'm saying that stuff was very prevalent when they first came out. They had, the whole band was based off of doing a lot of uh, psychedelic drugs, and that's probably why they could play for three hours without, you know, without an issue. They probably don't remember where they have been for the last three hours or so. Ironically, though, all these shows are taped and they're on YouTube and they played really well. So it's, if anything, it kind of opened up their mind in a sense. And I, and you you know, the tape doesn't lie. You know, and I'm glad a lot of shows I played probably in the 80s weren't taped because I probably didn't play as well as I thought I did. <laughs> but, you know, the, the truth comes out in, in the recordings. Indeed it does. As someone who's not a musician, but I kind of understand what you're trying to say. So that's that. That was my whole Ziggy Marley moment, and I and I know Al Dimiola is actually going to be playing there in a couple of days. Xfinity Theater. Yeah, great place by the way. Love that venue. Yeah, there, there's two of them. The one in Hartford is actually you know what's cool is the parking is like really right out the door. You step out the door, and the lot's right there. And for five bucks, you can't park for five bucks in Manhattan. That's like a fifty buck ride. No, that's an. Uh, it's you take that price of whatever you pay in Hartford or anywhere else, and you add a zero to it, and that's Manhattan parking right there. I think you're right. I think you're right. So, you know, the thing is, we live here, and. You gotta make the best of everything. You know, maybe they don't have Major League Baseball, but they have they have your yard goats. We did have a hockey team, but then they moved to Carolina. This is true. But as I said, you know, um, and we we were talking about going to yard goats games for for the longest time. We just got to find the time to do it. Well, I mean, well, unless you want to go today, I mean, because their season is coming to a close soon. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it today, but I, I would love to go because it's a beautiful stadium and the tickets are like 10, 15, 15 bucks. $5 beer. $5 beer. $7 hot dog, man. Probably I, less. Probably, probably less than that. Five. Actually, no, I think it was like $3. $3 hot dog. $3 hot dog, $5 beer. Whatever it is. Think of it this way. You take all those things and you combine that for at least one ticket at Yankee Stadium. Pretty much. To watch them suck, too. To watch, well, you know, there, there's no uh, guarantee that you're going to watch them. And you're not going to enjoy that game, but you may catch them on a good, in their good streak. As I, to well, I would hope so. Right now, I'm on a four-game losing streak ever since I've been to Yankee Stadium. So, the last four games I've been to, they lost. Well, um, I, yeah. But you know what? I don't want to be that person, but you know what? I feel bad. That's why I'm very conscious of going to a Yankee game ever since that. True. So, um, all that, that being said, um, I guess we, we, we've covered that whole club thing. The hey. club, Jeter, and I'm just going to take a turn for the dark. The dark. Very well, dark. As you may know, it is September 10th, 2021. Yes, which means tomorrow would be the 20th anniversary of one of the darkest days like in American the history. The worst freaking day. The worst day in American history, September 11th, 2001. Well, well that's where people people always remember. They say, where were you on 9-11? I was in school. I was, in, I, I was six years old. I don't remember a whole lot about it because I was only six, but didn't you want to pick me up from school because of that whole thing that was happening? It was a freak out. Well, I was at work at a company in New Jersey. And the whole thing is I was supposed to fly that day. I had a company trip on the owner of the company had a plane and was going to leave out of Teterboro airport. And that, that morning, so I got there extra early, but all of a sudden, uh, someone turned on the news 
And obviously, we saw what happened at 8.30 in the morning, which was the tower. When the tower goes, yeah. 8.46, first plane hit the tower. And then a little while later, the, the second went. And, that, and then we knew that it wasn't an accident. Uh, it was an attack. The first one, we weren't sure. Well, but with the second one, then the whole... Within then, 17 minutes of one another? Yeah. Come on, you know it's a terrorist attack. But what's even more freaky is the fact that about 10 months prior to that happening... I actually worked in the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. and I, I worked for um, a dot com, a brand new uh, company that was actually ironically selling advertising out of the World Trade Center and trying to sell commercials on the web, which nobody wanted to buy. So things right right now, you always see like ads on the web and all kinds of. You were responsible for that. No, nobody wanted it back then. It was oh. too. It was too early. The best thing in the world was nobody wanted it, because if people wanted it, the company would have been successful. And yeah. if the company was successful, that means I would have kept working there. And then. And I would have been dead. What floor of the? Working? I worked on the eighty second floor. That's so almost the that's, same that area where the where the plane hit the, of north the first tower. tower. So the whole thing is, I would have been um, probably liquefied in minutes. I would probably just be doing this on my own right now. So. Mm, who knows what would happen? But you know, at the time when the company lost their funding and they went out of business, and I, the thing is, when I worked in that building, it always frightened the hell out of me because since we lived on, we worked on the eighty second floor. That's I had to get off at like the 42nd floor or so, and then switch banks to another elevator. And I always said to myself, how the freak am I gonna get out of this building if something ever happened? Because it, it seems such a, like a like a difficult, we're gonna, we're gonna run down 82 flights, but believe me, I would have if I, you know, if I had to. But the thing is, you know, you, you, you can't help but look back and go, oh my God, I could have lost my life that day. You know, so. Yeah. Imagine that you losing your life. I so, would lose a husband. I would uh, lose a father. It's just the thought of that. It's just yeah. So let's let's uh, celebrate bad sales. People don't generally want to celebrate the fact that there weren't many sales going on. I celebrate it. And the freaking weirdest part about this whole thing, and this is the weirdest thing, when I would go and in, uh, I would go and make presentations to companies. One of the things on my deck was a recruitment ad for the CIA, and in the CIA ad. There was an image of Osama bin Laden that to show and his face would be vibrating of of how try to hire CIA agents to get him. Ten months before? Yes, because there was a 93 attack, if you remember. On the, 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 bom- the bombing in the so, uh, parking lot, right? So the whole thing is it all came full circle. And the fact that that put a chill down my spine, the fact that the same, same perpetrator... Guy. And how the whole thing went down, and and you know we we lost people that we loved, and you know, and a lot of bad repercussions from this whole thing. I was about to say the three thousand people that died on that day, and the people that are dying because of the asbestos in the air and cleaning That's, up the uh, ground zero. That, I mean, yeah, that was the whole thing. It was it was the numbers are continuing. They still continue because all these freaking weird, strange cancers are on their systems that are that are kind of coming to bay now. So. Um, you can't help but say never forget. There's some things in this world you never forget, and you can never forget it's, this. It's one of those. Di- it's like one of those days. See, I was only six years old, so I don't remember a whole lot of what actually happened. But I do remember um, school projects that we did after. Like we stand, like we stood up, and we were saying "God bless America." I remember we color in the the American flag every day mm-hmm. for like months and months and months, and 
Didn't we have like a school play or something like that? Like a few months after it? I don't remember that, like that, but I do remember that you were obsessed with TV and watching the news and watching it go down over and over again. And it's we had because, to shut the TV off. Well, it's because it's hard to believe what you're watching. Because yeah. I grew up, well, growing up in Brooklyn and you always take me to Manhattan to to my grandma's house. Those were those two towers I like stuck in my mind like forever and all that sure. other stuff. So, of course, when seeing it going down like that, you just can't believe what you're watching right now. Well, I was, uh, when we lived in Park Slope, basically... We were 10 minutes by subway from that job. So I would take one subway a few minutes and I was there. So I would definitely have been in that building before 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. you know, um, I'm very fortunate to be here. And, and, and that's my purpose is to actually do this Stay Away to Yevon show. I knew that somehow there'd be a reason for all this. 20 and years later. To there you go. Like that. To sit here and talk with you about all this bullshit. And that's beautiful. And I'm happy to do it. I know. It's just, I I know it's like, especially with like, you know, like September. It's like, you know, you think of fall, football's back. And of course you have to think of days like tomorrow like, and all that other stuff. That you yeah. just can't like fathom like things like that happening. Like No, it changed, it changed Changed the, the world. Percept- changed the perception of the world, yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, it changed ever going to on a flight. <laughs> you, know, you, have to go through, you have to go through TSA with everything now, especially after that. So. And then they had people who had exploding shoes and all kinds of crap going on. And, you know, it, it just changed safety and and the way the government kind of collects information on you now. And, and it just... Just, yeah, we're we're under siege with ourselves sometimes. It just felt like that time where, you know, we actually came together, you know, and try to help one another and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a lot of people needed that distraction and all that, like Mike Piazza, ten days after, sure, like that home run he hit. I think about um, when Saturday Night Live came back, and I remember them saying, um, "Can we be funny?" And actually, Giuliani, who's a schmuck now, but he said, "Why, why start now?" And that was like a joke, but the thing is, that's when he, you know, when he was Mayor Rooney, he was he was like a, a hero until he became a, a drunken buffoon that's been with, disbarred, like a with who colors his hair and sweats, and you can see the sweat going down. Yeah, so. but that, but <laughs> I digress. Yeah, I know. But uh, there's also another thing I remember. I remember John Stewart, like when he was doing the Daily New- or <laughs> the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. I think it's like first show back, and. Uh, he had this really, really like heartfelt message. Like I'm trying, uh, we're gonna try our best to be funny. And uh, he had this moment, like um, every time he looks at Lower Manhattan, it's like the only thing, the only skyline that you could think of is like the Statue of Liberty. It's like the only landmark, like downtown Manhattan. I get chills talking about all this stuff. I even today. I am too. I am too. Like I'm actually. I don't know if you can tell right now. There's like a little bit of goosebumps mm-hmm. over here in this really, really hot room we're in right now. So well, and you know, I, I would get all my news from Howard Stern. You know, and then it, I remember his show. And it was just... He didn't care. <laughs> no, he, it's, it's, it's just so emotional and so devastating. And, you know, and even though we're 20 years older, I don't know how much wiser we are. But uh, uh, we're just, it's a different, different country. So. Never forget, remember, and it's just yeah. hard to so believe. It looks like we're at the 28-minute point here, so I think we're probably going to wrap it we're up. We're going to wrap it up right here. I know we have to wrap it up on such a depressing note. But. Well, you can. There's hope, you know, and and there's always hope for a better day, and and and, and we're here and we survived, and that's what you got to remember. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're here, you know, and this is like a good outlet for us, you know, and, and we have you captive as our audience, so you get to hear all this stuff, and 
hopefully you like what you're hearing and, and you're, you're kind of telling more people about it. And if there's things you want to hear us talk about, I'll make it up because I could talk about anything for the longest amount of time. I could make up facts if, you, if you'd like that, but nah, I'm only kidding. Hey, make sure you get a fact checked on that. You're going to try to make up facts because everyone's oh. doing that now. Everyone, It feels like every, mm. anyone, anytime someone says something, there's going to, oh yeah, there's a fact check, okay? This is yeah. wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong because yeah. you don't know what to believe. Well, this is, all, this is all opinions what we talk about. This is, this is only our perspective of things. And if you, don't, if you disagree, then that's your problem. We don't really care about that. So, sometimes your opinion matters, and sometimes you can just. It's like do they that. say, uh, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, and they all stink. <laughs> they all stink. All right, you can listen to us on <laughs> many of the podcast platforms. Uh, we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram at Stairway to Yevon, a Facebook page. Send us a like, give us a comment, give us a thumbs down, like Javier Baez. But apparently, all is forgiven with that. So. Yeah, you know, if that's what you want to do, if you want to, if you want to kind of not say you like us, I'll, I'll take that kind. I, I want to hear, I want to hear good, bad, and the ugly. Well, think, well, think of it this way: if they listen to us and they don't like us, they still listen to us regardless. Well, that was the whole Stern thing, where they would t- time him, and people that listened to him and hated him would listen longer than people that liked him. And they say, why would you listen to him if you don't like him? Because I'm curious to hear what he's going to say next. No, because you're just giving them extra publicity by listening to them, even if you don't like them. So, nonetheless, this has been a pleasure. Have a wonderful weekend, and God bless. We will see you soon. Good day, everyone. Signing off.